thanks, Megan, for joining us um, this friendly Friday with the Marketing Lifeline with, in conversation with like-minded people who like to share and share a lot. Awesome. Well, um, thanks so much for having me. It's, um, it's very different being on this side of the interview process because, uh, as you know, uh, you're actually going to be on my podcast next week. And it's very different being not the person asking the questions, having to answer. So I apologize in advance. <laughs> uh, and- and then you can be honest with me at the end and we can discuss which one's easier because I, I'm still, I think it's harder to be on the other side, but yeah, let's, we'll get that, your opinion at the end. <laughs> so Megan D'Arcy joins us from Megamalist and today we're going to be talking about the very critical topic about relevant and creative content and why is it so important to get your content right. So yeah, thanks for joining me, Megan. But before we carry on, I just want to quickly read out a short bio. Megan spends her days coming up with creative ways to communicate. She is a freelance writer who works predominantly with marketing agencies and small business owners, helping them refine, simplify, and clarify their brand messaging. Megan believes that every person has a creative genius inside of them. And so in addition to her writing and consulting gig, she also teaches people how to tap into their creativity. More importantly, she likes her music loud, her beer cold, and her marketing messages to the point. Love that. So yeah, thanks, Megan. It's a big pleasure. It's, it's Thank you so much for inviting me onto your platform. I appreciate the, the opportunity to speak about my favorite thing in the world, which is content. <laughs> so yeah, let's kick off. Tell us a little bit about Megamalist and how this actually came to fruition. Like, yeah, so how did it start? So I've been writing for most of my life. All through high school, I was um, fairly good at English and I used to do drama and all that kind of thing. So this kind of thing has always been in my background. Uh, I then didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up. You know, adulting is hard enough. So I, um, I ended up in the tourism industry and I worked there for 15 years, but there was always some sort of marketing or writing aspect. Uh, while I was busy uh, working in the tourism industry, I actually studied journalism through bits. And then I kind of got tired of uh, everything. I needed a bit of a change. And so I studied content creation and uh, copywriting for the digital space. I actually started doing a little bit of work on, uh, on the side as a freelance uh, thing. And as luck would have it, I was retrenched. Uh, the company downsized and dropped the product that I was managing. And so I just turned my side gig into a full-time thing. And like we were saying earlier, I, I was working because of my travel background, I was kind of predominantly writing for travel related companies and then COVID hit. And so I kind of had to start my business from scratch again to find a whole new market. And I've been very fortunate that I've managed to kind of niche myself in a small business and marketing area. So that's predominantly who I work with now. Small businesses across a range of uh, a range of industries and then uh, marketing agencies who outsource the writing for their various clients. Um, if they've got overflow that their copywriters can't handle it or they don't have a copywriter employed, they they outsource it to me. So that's me, me in a nutshell and um, how, how everything came to to be I suppose depending on how far you want to dig back it, you can say it all started in standard six or whatever <laughs> when you did well in English I'm glad you yes. did well in English <laughs> I, I always tell it to get high marks in Afrikaans but I understood why because the, the, the little bit of Afrikaans we tapped into is quite scary so 
But yeah. that's very interesting. Yeah. So talking about the tourism industry, I mean, aren't you glad you're not in that position at this point? I mean, with everything that's happened. Wow. Yeah. You know, a lot of my clients closed down and it's a very, very sad state of affairs. And, um, you know, while we want to obviously keep everyone safe in terms of COVID, uh, there must be a better way of handling this whole thing and trying to keep tourism businesses afloat. I mean, tourism is such a major income group or, you know, um, source of revenue for the country. I I just feel that a lot more should have been done and a lot more focus should have been placed on keeping tourism floated. Uh, It is what it is. And um, I suppose in hindsight, in 20 years time, we might look back and say, this was what we all needed, you know, to change the industry and all that. But it's very, very difficult and, and very unsettling to have to go through it especially if you're employed in that industry so yeah um i'm i'm fortunate uh and and very blessed that i was able to well that i was retrenched at the time that i was and um i was able to resurrect my business in its new current guise um to to keep myself afloat so yeah awesome great well i think as i said there'll be great opportunity for you too anyway when the tourism does kick off because i'm sure everybody just wants to get going (laughs) (laughs) so tell us a little bit more about the term relevant and relevancy because obviously we all talk about it and we mention it but you know, what does it really mean when we come so from a marketing perspective, everything that we do has to be relevant, like you like you said. And I think the best way to explain this is to think about a product. Relevancy is the thing that is either directly or indirectly related to that product. You know, looking at my hobbies, for example, uh, I'm a big music fan. So let's say that the product is music. So what is related to music? Musical instruments, live concerts, band merchandise. So you've got your vinyl records and your t-shirts and so on. Um, If you follow uh, a specific band, your, your artist profiles and interviews, music videos. So all of those things are related to music but they might not necessarily be relevant to your audience. So if you are, for example, like a classical music fan, for example, you're not going to be interested in a a story about Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters. They're not going to be interested in the new Justin Bieber album, Um, you know, is anyone. Uh, But, you know. (laughs) So in this case, although the topics fall under the broad term of music, that particular narrowed item is not relevant to the other. At the same time, someone who is learning to play guitar, for example, might be interested in recording software. So reading an article on audacity and how and microphones and how to set up a, a home recording studio might be relevant to someone who is learning to play guitar. So it all boils down to Uh, how well you know your product, how well you know your audience, and then how well you can find that sweet spot between those two things in order to create demand for your product. Because don't forget, at the end of the day, if you're in business, you need to make sales because otherwise there's no point for your business. So you need to find the sweet spot between those two things, provide something good to your audience that has the kind of underlying goal of selling your service or your product so uh, why is everyone losing their heads over relevancy because basically if you can tick those two boxes the the um the audience and the product you are able to essentially perform magic because everything you do is designed for your specific 
niche audience. Mm. And then you can align your audience and your products in the content you create. Uh, and that means obviously more engagement, more traffic and Attractive the main goal, more yeah. sales. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it always comes down to that. I think the easiest way for me to talk about relevancy to people is when you're not selling your house, then you don't look at any agent boards, you're not interested. And the moment you put your house on the market, then you're like, geez, there's so many houses for sale in the area. And you know, oh, I saw this one and I've, I've noticed that. So I think mm. it's almost like, as you say, understanding your audience and then putting those subtle subconscious messages out there that are relevant to them, you know, whether, yeah. they, wherever they are at in, in their life, you know, a, a, absolutely. Because I mean, I know, and you probably know yourself every day we go onto Facebook or LinkedIn and we see hundreds of marketing messages and we're definitely not going to review all of them, but we yeah. most definitely going to get drawn to the ones that are relevant or we find exactly. interesting. So I think that's, that's why I agree is relevancy is how you get your marketing content right is essentially yeah. then you, otherwise you're just putting out, as I would say, probably just a whole bunch of features and who really cares about your features. So we really need to understand that audience, write mm. content for them as we yeah. talk about the personas and that's a whole nother conversation, but actually developing that content for that person. And that's what I think is so important about the relevancy factor. Talking about audiences and that kind of thing as well, you know, um, back in probably even 15 years ago, it was fine to create a marketing message, whether that was a, I don't know, did Facebook exist 15 years ago? Um, whether it was a Facebook post or, um, yeah, or a, a, an advertorial in a magazine or whatever. And uh, you could kind of bang in your product highlights there. And if the person wanted to buy that product, that was how marketing was done. But it's changed. Social media has really changed how audiences consume their content. And they don't want to be seen as this mass market kind of spray mm. and pray is what they, they used to call it. Um, you have to be communicating to your audience as specific individuals and I mean we're not going to go too far down the road in terms of personas but you you develop these personalities essentially and then you write content that will be again the music example um you're going to write an article about classical music and it's you, you know that a classical music person is a a high lifestyle and they enjoy traveling overseas the 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 content that you write for that person is going to be very different from your teen who is on tiktok and likes just and Bieber the content that you create has to be relevant to the specific people that you're trying to communicate and it has to come across as mm. I'm speaking to you Megan as an individual who mm. is a Justin Bieber fan and likes to watch TikTok videos yeah. so um I hope that uh, I'm making myself clear I I'm very passionate about this subject and I tend no, to no don't worry so am I because it's very hard, <laughs> very hard to tell your client you He's, he comes to you with like, okay, well, you know, who's your client? Everybody and anyone. Okay, well, it's yeah, not going to work yeah. like that. Tell so let's, let's pick two. How can I pick two? It's just impossible. I'm like, trust me, pick mm -hmm. two because it will help you formulate your product offering, get your messaging right in where you come in and writing content and putting yeah. it out in the right space to get those people to contact you. It's always a big shocker for them is it's always a matter of, but I can't define it down only to two kind of audiences, you know. Yeah. But yeah. I think it's it is as you say this digital space that we're trying to educate people in the sense that how do you feel about content on social media? I mean, we're all overwhelmed by it. So mm. if you're just going to put out your continuous messages as you said that you used to do, 
it's not going to be even noticed. So, yeah, I mean... No, you, you're wasting your time. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, although digital marketing is quite affordable, it's a waste of money if you're just putting out yeah. generic messages. So, I mean, I think we've touched on it, but so why, in your opinion, does content need to be as relevant as possible to the audiences that people have identified? So, um, speaking about the digital space, it is completely, completely flooded with content and especially now after lockdown because we were all kind of sitting at home and a lot of people lost jobs or um, you know went on temporary retrenchment or whatever the story was we had all this extra time on our hands and so people just started producing content and on one hand it was great because it helped businesses stay in in business because they were able to keep their marketing going but on the other hand we've just been bombarded with so much content so you have to stand out from the crowd relevant content content it helps you demonstrate authority in your field in in the digital space as well uh, depending what you're doing obviously with that content but it can help your SEO so if SEO is part of your strategy um, and you're doing a blog for example on your website if you are writing articles that are relevant to your field it can actually boost your SEO rankings and probably most important it makes you look like you know what the hell you're doing because for example are you going to trust let me think of an example. We, we're having load shedding, for example. So um, are you going to trust a, a manufacturer of diesel generators if their blog and social media is full of posts about how to do Photoshop? Yeah. Uh, probably not, because it is not relevant to what they're trying to sell. Mm-hmm. You need to use your content in order to position yourself and, and create a, an interest around your product. So, you know, those if, if you're posting on Photoshop, it's not creating a sense of confidence in you as a customer that you know anything about, the, uh, that this company knows anything about yeah. diesel generators. But if their posts contain information about, you know, the types of fuel you would use and, you know, how, what the type of generator you would need in order to keep your fridge running during a four hour load shed, um, uh, how much power a small generator can, uh, can produce, uh, the differences between old and new generation models, um, how to install a generator, or even stuff like the laws around the use of generators in a sectional title, for example. Mm-hmm. Those things, they are relevant to your topic and they are demonstrating that you know what you're talking about. If someone contacts you for a generator, you are able to answer all those questions and you know everything about generators. And, and so you're not going to be taken for a ride by this fly-by-night company who's going to sell you something that's not suitable for your purposes. So that's why content needs to be relevant. And we'll cover it maybe a little later in terms of bringing the creativity in. But there's, there is ways to keep, um, oh, oh, that was delicious English. Uh, there are ways to keep <laughs> your content relevant while being content creative. Content experts also make mistakes. Yeah, you know writers um brands don't work after like midday on a friday so um yeah <laughs> yeah and i'm sure your 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 beers are getting very cold and your music is slowly being turned up yeah yeah as, as soon as we're done here uh, the neighbors are going to be hearing uh, a couple of vinyls being spun i think <laughs> awesome but you're interesting that you mentioned, you know, about the relevancy and why it's so important and setting your thought leadership. So what I found with a lot of my clients is a lot of them are scared to put too much information out there. It's almost like they're giving away their IP, mm. you know. So 
I think that's also something and exactly what you mentioned. I think almost the more information we can give, the more value we can give, the better for us in the long run, as, as we yeah. say, you know, set yourself as the expert, set yourself as a thought leader. If people come to your website to learn and get information, that's okay. Because mm. we know that they are investing interest in you by just finding you and finding you valuable you know, they would perhaps refer you onto somebody or when they do need you, they come back to you. But I think there's also that yeah. like, factor of, but how much do we give, you know? But I mean, thought leadership is totally the route to go. But again, with the idea of not holding back too much, I think giving, I mean, even in my situation, you know, what we're doing right now is actually giving away information. And I think it's fantastic. Free mm. webinars, you know, we talk about ways of how people can improve their business, give the information away. We're all here to learn. Yeah, we're here to make some money and grow our businesses. But I think at the same time, we should make content more freely available that adds value to our audiences. And that we kind of start pulling them in. And that's what we need. I think that's that's the process. It's not going to happen overnight is that things take time. And giving yeah. away value is is key, you know. Um, look, I mean, it's something that I still struggle with as well, especially seeing as um, essentially I've had to start the same business twice in the last three years because of COVID. You know, how much do you give away for free? And uh, there's, a, there's a networking group uh, that has a term called the giver's gain. And um, yes, it does have this effect that people will start seeing you as a, an industry leader and so yeah. on. But in the meantime, I mean, most of, and maybe you can back me up, most of what I do in my business when I'm working on my business is stuff that I give away for free. A lot of what I do, like my blogs and my podcasts and stuff is stuff that I don't get, I didn't, I don't generate revenue from it. And it's very frustrating. And people are like, oh, you need to find a way to monetize it and all that kind of thing. But then it defeats the object. Look, I mean, it is a balancing act between finding, uh, you know, um, you, you can't work for nothing. You no. do have to do these things generate revenue for yourself but the more you are able to give freely the more people start trusting you because now maybe um you know we met at a at a function or whatever and i happen to say to you listen xyz and you then go home and you do it in your business and you're like wow that's amazing what else can megan provide yeah. and you phone me and i say okay well i've actually got a blog on this or a podcast on that but if um if you need me to assist you or consult with you i then start have to you know I, i'm going to have to charge you so content is it's a long-term strategy. And that's, I think, what a lot of people don't understand is um, you can start posting content today. It can be the most amazing post or blog or thought leadership piece, the, the, the most amazing video or podcast. You might only start seeing it, uh, the, the return on investment in like six months time. And the thing with content is you have to do it consistently and you have to do it regularly. So like you've got this little friendly Fridays that you've been doing every Friday. I, I don't know how you do it. Cause like I say, my podcast goes out as and when I've got time to put it together, but you know, if you got if it something doesn't get in my diary, then it doesn't happen. So that's why I just, exactly, I just said that. Exactly. <laughs> Listen, so, yeah, you, um, you are fantastic with your, your posting. You are super, super efficient on LinkedIn. I always see your stuff coming up. So Whatever you're doing, you're doing Thank it well. You. So you just keep at it. Uh, there's there's um, some some secrets behind that. So we'll talk offline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think 
we're moving on to the creativity side is then, okay, so now we've got to be relevant, but we also need to be somewhat creative. So how, how do we, why do we do this? And, you know, is, is creative content still something that people are interested in? Yeah. Um, so creativity in your content is absolutely key, but now I just want to clarify what I mean by creativity, because there's a lot of different definitions about creativity. And, and most people default to one that kind of explains visual creativity, you know, is the post beautiful? Does the website have good graphic design? Is the logo eye catching and that kind of thing. But creativity moves further than that. So in terms of your content, creativity means you're looking further than your own company or product for ways to inform and entertain your audience. Because don't forget, obviously, um, content is there to inform and entertain as a backup to your sales. So you can be creative by pulling in ideas from other industries. So for example, if you're an e-commerce business, you could maybe publish information on how to stay safe while shopping online. You could do a review on FNB's new virtual cards, for example, uh, how they work and you know how it actually protects you while you're online. Uh, you could explain how 128-bit encryption works to shield your payment from hacking and, uh, and basically how a customer can see if that site is safe to buy off of, because a lot of us just throw our credit card online um, without understanding the the security behind it. So as an e-commerce business, that might be an option for you to educate your users or your audience on. None of those are actually selling your product and it's not necessarily anything to do with your company, but it's still educating your clients on something, on a topic that is relevant to your, your product. So um, that's kind of where the creativity will start coming in is in terms of what you're deciding to to educate your clients on. As a more personal example, um, writing for the most part is quite boring for other people. Um, You know, in terms of live streams and creating content and videos and all kinds of things for people to watch, like you don't really have much to work with as a writer because you're at your computer for 12 hours a day, you know, and, and obviously, because of NDAs and that kind of thing, you also can't necessarily share what you're doing all the time. So unfortunately, not riveting viewing. There's, there's little kind of leeway to make it um, exciting. exciting. But uh, you, can look, you can look outside of what you do. So in my case, I've got a blog that is writing relevant. It's, uh, it's co- uh, you know, tips on creating um, content for the digital space. Um, I've got a podcast that I interview people, small business owners, and we discuss a range of topics, often touching on, you know, their creative processes and that kind of thing. So kind of related. And then I'm not scared to share my opinion on things from writing and blog layouts, which are obviously directly related to what I do, to things like UI and UX, which are user interfaces and, and user experience, which are indirectly related to what I do, but still relative in the digital space in terms of the usual type of writing that I do. So yeah, uh, from from that perspective, there's a lot of ways that you can be creative with the content that you produce. It doesn't always have to be product or company focused. Um, You can kind of insert these little, not subliminal messaging, but this uh, kind of subtle messaging that, um, you know, you know more of just trying to sell your product. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting because a lot of clients feel they're actually overwhelmed, as you may know, with what content to put out there. But what can I say? Like, I've done five posts this month. Like, what more can I say? And I think that's... 
you know, that's where the creativity side comes in is where you're able to say to them, okay, but you may be a hairdresser, but you could talk about taking care of your home care, you know, or what products to look for or what not to do, what to do. It doesn't always have to be about you and your, your business. Do you know what I mean? So like yeah. today's, today's conversation, it's a, it's a creative way of sharing content. And I think, like you say, it's going to have to become more prevalent that people are going to be, have to be creative about how they're going to come up with content. And then the likes of you pulling that all together so it's readable and enjoyable for the readers to actually engage with the content because yeah. that's obviously our, our, our kind of, our, I'm sure yours as well, but your your conversion, you know, like your measurement. Okay, did they engage? Great. I got a like. I got a share. Yes. <laughs> you know, some <laughs> people read my blog. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. That's that's how we got to go. And I mean, that's what we, we, we aim for. I mean, we want to put stuff out there that people are going to read. I'm sure from your side, from a creative point of view, you know, there is no end to what content you can share for a specific client because in your space you know you know what to look out for tips things to do at home things to do at work using other competitor blogs to get ideas of what people are putting out there i mean we've got we've got the web at our disposal to even answer the public what are the public asking for i mean you i'm sure you know that platform you know so i'm um, it's it's a great place to go for ideas to create content um uh, and they've got a free version as well so you don't actually have to belong to them and pay them you've got a, a limited amount of um, topics that you can actually ask but content generation ideas but you know if if you don't want to go that route ask yourself the five big questions why does someone want this product or why does someone need this product um, how what where and uh, who that was I didn't say who twice so it was why and who what why anyway. when where <laughs> yes <laughs> and how. how I know how it fits in yeah. Well. But, you know, start with those five questions um, because That's creativity, and I'm not going to go too far down this path, but creativity is all about asking the right questions. If you can define what your audience, who your audience is, how they buy, um, why they buy, um, where they buy, and uh, what was the other one? Whatever. They, what, uh, what they buy. The what, what they buy. Um, you know, you can, those are five great starting points mm. for product already. So you've got um, a, a particular, you, you sell, like you sell a diesel generator. So, okay, why would people buy that instead of a solar panel system? So maybe that's an idea for a blog post, you know, um, compare a generator versus solar power. Mm. Um, how does it affect the environment? What's, what are the cost implications? Um, that kind of thing. What people also don't realize is content production is really labor intensive, but you need to be smart in the way you approach it. So create a blog on generators versus solar panels and then pull snippets out of that to create social posts. You know, you don't have to create something new and unique every time you want to do something online. Use what you've got and see how you can um, rehash it. Maybe you can turn your blog into a podcast. Maybe you can get someone on a video platform and discuss and have a debate between solar panels and generators. You know, um, there's a lot you can do with just that one particular topic. So kind of the, the, the sky is the limit in terms of, how you can be creative with the content and the the platforms that you're using to to distribute it. Okay, so it's who, what, where, why, how. Who, what, where, why, when. When. So there's six, because it's the five W's and the H, yes. Yes. (laughs) 
Love it. Okay, cool. This is really embarrassing because I should know this. <laughs> uh, even me, I was like, who, what, where, when, what? Okay, how? It's the how that got us. <laughs> This, so just this to, is what you get when you put a super introverted writer on on live something live on a live stream. No, you so. you, you 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 are amazing. <laughs> I, I think you might be better on that side. So how does how does relevant creative content then help build strong brands? I mean, I think we've touched on a lot of that, but just in a nutshell, to close off, you know, why if you're wanting to build your brand, get the awareness you need, get people to start engaging making sales, why do we believe that this relevant creative content will help businesses do that? So firstly, it catches people's attention. And that's what you are. We, we live in the attention economy. And I say products, because I do feel like it's a product. Products like Facebook, for example, that's what they're competing for. All advertising on Facebook and on Google is competing for your attention. So we're living in this attention economy where we have no time and we, we're stressed and you know you need things quick and you can't focus on one thing for too long. So Firstly, it helps you stand out from the crowd. It shows people that you're not run off the mill, that you're thinking beyond simply selling your product. How else can I help this person? Okay, at the end of the day, by helping them, they have to buy my product, but I can provide all this stuff for them to help them in the meantime. And that builds, uh, it builds trust between yourself and your audience. And it shows them that you're thinking about what they actually need and the type of thing that might help them beyond the scope, like I say, of the product you're selling. Mm. And um, maybe kind of, uh, I don't know if this is necessarily one of the big things or if it's a side, um, a side note, but it humanizes you and it makes you authentic. A lot of people will replicate their content across all platforms and that kind of thing. And it all depends on your brand and your company and what you're trying to do. But for example, um, Instagram is a very visual platform. And so I use that as a, a branding exercise because I am my business. So I use Instagram. Um, I post things like brewing beer and gardening and traveling, things that feed into my creativity to develop the sense of that I'm a human being behind what I do to earn money. Obviously, you have to be careful because that might not be the right strategy for your business, especially if you are like a professional, like a doctor or a lawyer. People don't want to see their doctors and lawyers um, like getting tanked over the weekend, you know. <laughs> but, but um, you know, there's, there's stuff that you can do um, that will humanize you and make your brand seem like it's relatable to oh, your audience. So, yeah, that's, um, that's basically how it helps you. It can go the other way. If you start posting the wrong content, it can have the exact opposite effect. And I mean, in today's day and age, um, your, your brand reputation is everything. If people stop, stop trusting you, they're not going to buy from you. So you do have to be careful mm. in terms of your strategy. But that's why people like you exist. Um, you know, you can explain how an integrated marketing plan works and put a strategy together and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, especially small businesses, really need that big businesses usually have a department but small businesses that have to do their own marketing for example they have to either do it themselves or they have to outsource and so um, it's important to speak to someone like you even just on a consulting basis to get the right uh, content mix in terms of what you're trying to achieve and your your goals and and um, your audience and your brand itself so yeah that's awesome She's Megan. I think this, how long have we taken today? I think today has been my absolute longest interview ever, but I've enjoyed it. 
just bother. I can keep going. So, I, know. Um, I'm not- I, I think it's also because <laughs> I also have a soft spot for content, um, more creative writing. So, you know, coming up with like taglines and headlines and stuff like that. That's really my little, oh, little sideline. Like sometimes I'm really <laughs> in my head and I'm like, oh, this is so cool. And then I tell someone and they're like, oh, I'm like, okay. Sorry. My creative spin, but I love it. I love, love, love it. But um, just to top, touch on your last your last comment, absolutely give give your audience content that they'll enjoy. So Cheese Next, I, I really, really appreciate your time today. I think you've given so much information. I'm, oh, so, happy. I'm so happy that you joined me and I look forward to our interaction next week um, where I'll be on yes. the other side. And yeah, just want to say thank you so much and thank you for joining us and sharing with us today. So hope you enjoyed today's interview. Please can share it across the platforms for us and then tune in next week again at 12 o'clock, our friendly Fridays with the Marketing Lifeline. Thanks so much again, Megan. Thanks. That was a lot of fun. It sure was. Thank you. Follow the Business of Podcast on my website, megamillist.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the YouTube channel at Megamillist. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Megan Darcy, M-E-G-A-N-D apostrophe A-R-C-Y. Chat soon. <laughs>